0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media envisioning excellence on a global scale.
1: This meeting is being recorded.
0: Oh, that's a new message. Hey well, how are you this evening?
2: Hey, hey, uh, hey. What's up, high fivers? I'm gonna steal Tom's gimmick here. Yeah, and hey. uh Cause if you didn't catch on, I'm not Tom. You're too slow. This is Will. <laughs> um, I'm on the other side of the country, one whole time zone over from my man. High five, Tom, aka Milwaukee Tom, aka Walkie Tom.
1: Yeah.
2: Aka the the whole reason this show is happening. Um, What's
1: up, Tom. Hey, Will,
2: how are you? <laughs> uh, we totally
0: did not plan that uh, high fivers. By the way, that's just uh, you know that is the sy- synergy, serendipity, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That is Ring of Honor reverie. Uh I'm great. Will. The better question is, um, how are you? You got a big week?
2: I, had, I did have a big week. I uh, I got to sit in. I didn't I didn't ask a whole lot, so I, I'm not gonna make it out like I was really part of the interview. But I did get to sit in on the Shining Wizards interview with Kevin Kelly the current voice, well, he's not the current voice of Ring of Honor, but as far as Ring of Honor revelry is concerned, he's the current voice of Ring of Honor. Yeah, Contemporarily, the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling and his own promotion, AXW. In Hamburg,
0: Pennsylvania.
2: Hamburg, not Harrisburg, like some fucking asshole called it. (laughs) Jesus Um, Christ. I'm I'm concerned. I got to ask a question, which I I thought it was great, and I'm really glad I got to ask I feel like, in hindsight, I feel like since I waited the whole time, too, to ask, I could have worded it better because I feel like it was a little too long, and I was putting too much anecdote stuff in it. But I did bring you up. I I put you you over to Kevin Kelly, and he remembered Milwaukee Tom.
0: Yeah, um, he was totally faking that. So, um,
2: Hey, you know what? He says that until we show up in Hamburg. It's like, hey, this is Milwaukee Tom.
0: I, I would, you know, I would go to Hamburg, so um, that's definitely on the on, you know.
2: That's uh I, I looked it up because the Wizards they, they they right on there, it's like oh first five people to hit you up uh through the Wizards so I'll I'll give them two GA tickets like hot damn. It's it's about a six hour drive for me. So it's a little it's a little far away for me to just play hooky from work and take a little drive down. Yeah, and
0: there's a lot of people complaining like Oh, it's two hours away. I'm like, two hours. I used to have to drive two hours just to go to Walgreens.
2: If that was two hour, if it was two hours away, I'd be there. Yeah, I, I'd be talking to work. Like, look, I got free tickets. I already missed a wrestling show to cover and cover somebody else's shift. I'm going to this one. Somebody's got to cover me.
1: Yeah.
0: So no, that was a good question. Well, I mean, in your defense, I mean, there were not a lot of questions. It wasn't really necessary. Uh Kevin Kelly's very good at what he does. He's very very thorough. Um, it was basically a question from everybody. So it's not like you know, you know, Mac yeah, 15 I mean, questions and he had one. So
2: no, and like uh I'll I'll break down the sixth wall. Um Matt showed me a message and he's like, hey, you know, if you have a question, go ahead and ask it. And I said, like Kevin Kelly's rolling, like I don't want to throw off the rhythm. Of the conversation that we're like that—that's going on, you know. I don't want to ask a question that derails what we're talking about,
0: like someone else did in in the interview. But I'm not gonna. You can listen because I,
2: I had like a kind of a commentary type question, but we weren't really talking about that, right? We're talking about AXW. We're talking about like a grassroots promotion. We're talking about working with like new talent, like brand new. Like these guys aren't on. TV screens anywhere yet. These guys are in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. They're in like the Pennsylvania area. They might be down in like, you know, the surrounding states, but like they're largely unknown people.
0: Yeah. And uh, not that I'm Mr. like word on the street or I got my pulse on, you know, every single fucking wrestling federation, but um, I was impressed because there was not a lot of names I even vaguely recognized which is cool well, i
2: mean and, and that's fair enough i mean like because you're not i mean you go to chicago a lot so i mean you're aware of like kind of like pennsylvania is not too far outside your no, your I mean, wheelhouse no
1: yeah, so like, it
2: would have been very believable that a lot of those talent would maybe venture over to a like an illinois or a, or something like wow. that and yeah. you know i guess i'll take a moment here i kind of did it on the wizards but i want to put over uh becca who wrestles in what well, I guess I, I would consider my home promotion chaotic? Mm-hmm. Uh, had a match on SmackDown against Lacey Evans.
0: That's pretty awesome. That's really awesome. That,
2: that's that's very cool. Because it's one thing because like you know I see a lot of people who wind up on Dark, and like that's one thing. But the, to get like you get a match on SmackDown, obviously they didn't call her Becca. I don't remember what her her name was for being on smackdown but you know still it's like that's somebody i see wrestling in elks lodge like a month ago yeah and now they're on smackdown and my buddy joe texted me he sent me a picture he said is that becca and it didn't load but then i hopped on twitter and my twitter feed was just like oh my god becca's on tv that's awesome it is very cool
0: Yeah, I know this is kind of the reverse, but someone we're going to see in this episode of uh, Ring of Honor uh, actually recently announced they will be at, I think, nine out of the next 12 uh, ICW shows. Mr. Silas
2: Young. I was going to say, is it Tadarius Thomas? I wish. Is he he making his big old return?
0: I I would wish, but um, however, Tadarius Thomas is not uh, the promoter of ICW Milwaukee's former brother-in-law, so.
2: Oh, are you saying it's nepotism?
0: I would not say it's not. Ne- I mean, it's, I mean, it's well, I mean, <laughs> it is. And it's, not, I mean, you know, how all these small wrestling scenes are. So it is nepotism in more ways. Hey, than Kev- one.
2: Kev- Kevin, Kevin Kelly talked all about it. Your 20 bucks is my 20 bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, that was a good, that was a good story. The floating 20 that KJG brought up was, uh, but no, your question was right. It was timely um you know it was with the conversation i mean that's what a good interviewer does they listen and then they pivot if they need to
2: and of course you know i had to put you over in the process had to
0: yeah you did and i agree I because really
2: as, as much as matt says i don't have to put you over i really do you're the reason this podcast is you're you dragged me out to new york tom twice
0: true yeah well i mean i, I don't know if i dragged you but i mean the second time or like okay. I mean
2: I I mean I am tracked there but I mean <laughs> I wouldn't have done that without your your like your, the nudging we'll call it you're, you're saying will come out will leave leave the comfort zone come to New York City
0: well I I mean I had a gut feeling and you know not to put myself over but I was right obviously so um yeah, no, that was a great time, man. we had some great memories and it was an awesome show. And looking back, we both got to see the Bristol's in Hammerstein you know, hammerstein ballroom in person. Right. So. we got to,
2: I, I finally got to be in Hammerstein. i had heard the name yeah, so many too. times. Hammerstein Ballroom, Hammerstein Ballroom, Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Again, man. to actually be there, I'd be like, this is it.
0: Yeah, and Let's Matt can talk about, yeah, Mac can talk all the shit he wants, but uh he's coming on next week, so not for not for Ooh, this one, but for yeah. Uh, when, not yet. Uh, I mean, yeah, on, uh, no.
2: are you are you chopping it up?
0: Yep, yep. Finally. So and then uh, fill the week after that. So
2: maybe maybe I gotta get off my ass and actually get something done so I can be on a chopping it up episode.
0: I mean, you've got an open invitation, Will. I mean, I figured you're. Yeah, sick, but I, I, to we to need to me. have
2: a we we need to have a purpose. We need to have a thing. I need to stop being so fucking lazy and actually do something.
0: No, I mean, you've done a lot with this podcast. I mean, you've done a lot in your career so far. I mean,
2: <laughs> anyways. I appreciate it, Tom. I appreciate it. The last thing I want to bring up is I'll put over, not the book that I sent you I said I was going to put over. We can talk about that another time after I read it. But uh, I'll put over my friend, uh, Mike Chin, his new collection of essays um, about wrestling that I've been putting over the last couple of weeks officially came out yesterday. Nice. So that is available via Cowboy Jamboree Press. Um, you can just cut to the chase and go to Amazon because if you go to their shop and try to buy it, it's just going to redirect you to the Amazon page. Oh. So if you go to Amazon or you might be able to try to get it at a local bookstore, if, uh, they've, got, if they've got the means to order stuff, uh, you could potentially order that through there. Um, I'm an asshole and I don't have it pulled up already, so I'm just pulling up the name of it again real quick like
0: yeah and um
2: uh, yeah go ahead tom
0: i was gonna say and speaking of um oh yeah i forgot to. you see you made fightful no yeah so that, that interview uh, with kevin kelly made this my uh, god fightful so hell yeah um yeah there is a local bookstore that faith and i there's actually a bunch of them um but that's right oh, put over
2: your local bookstore tom
0: yeah, Books and Company O'Connor Walk. Uh, it is a bookstore that my dad, um, even though my dad and I may not see eye to eye on many things, but um, Faith and I too, so that's we're pretty faithful to that bookstore. Um, and there's also one in Bayview. It's a used bookstore, but I never remember the name of it. Uh, Bayview is by Rushmore Records, future uh, sponsor of this podcast, so... Um, yeah, support your local bookstore. I mean, I mean, most bookstores can order things That's you know, I did, order. uh, you know, Will's been talking about, you know, the dual power bomb, uh, collection paperback that's coming out for a while now. And I did order that, uh, from books and company, in know, kind So I was like, that,
2: that comes out uh March 24th, I believe. So there's still time to get those pre-orders in. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to put it out there. I have every cover. I have all 27 covers of this comic book. I'm still getting the trade paperback because he said there's no hardcover if they don't sell enough trade paperbacks. I would love to have – I love what they did with the Murder Falcon hardcover. Yeah. Um, So I would love to see what a Duo Powerbomb hardcover looks like. But uh, my friend Mike Chin, if you Google, like I said, you can go to Amazon or if you go to your local bookstore uh, and you ask them to order you a copy of Stories, Wrestling Can Tell. Uh, by mike Chen, it's a collection of non-fiction essays about how wrestling has helped uh connect and integrate different generations of men in his family
1: Hmm.
0: yeah and um if you want to send me a link for that will i'd be more than happy to include it here in the show notes also absolutely so yeah that that's awesome so and i said and uh will and i were talking in pre-production uh, I'm gonna um, break down like the seventh or eighth wall here at this point, but you know, Will and I often spend a good half an hour, forty-five minutes in pre-production talking about a whole lot of nothing. Um, but I mean, Will, I mean that is a testament to you know our our teamwork and our friendship and everything that we can do that every week um, and still do an hour podcast every week. So I'm not gonna brag, but I I think I was right in picking you. So just gonna say that yeah, and we're gonna see an eclipse together, so that's always an awesome experience. I don't mean to make assumptions. This is your first eclipse, right?
2: Um, so the last so, eclipse was what was that? That would have been like five or six years ago
0: august twenty first two thousand and seventeen. Trust me that date is burned into my memory.
2: I was working. In Portsmouth, and uh, a lot of people went outside to look at it. I said, "Well, somebody's got to stay inside and actually work." So I didn't care. It was kind of cool when you see like the light dip away real quick, but
0: yeah. But were you guys? You guys didn't have totality though, did you?
2: Oh, beats the fuck out of me, Tom.
0: Okay, well, you'd know because it would. hey, I want to say go as pitch black, but it gets. It's pretty crazy. Um, this this is my first and. Like where Faith and I were, and it was such a big deal that the first day of school was that day, and across the entire state, they canceled the first day of school because Faith was actually supposed to start her last year of college that day. Um, but yeah, she stayed to watch it on the roof of my store with me and our son Griffin. So it's it's a it's a different experience. List. Like I'll have to try and find some of the videos and everything. But like all the animals, like start freaking out because they're like they don't know it's an eclipse, uh, so they think it's night out and everything. And like it, it's yeah, it's it's fucking surreal. So so yeah, we'll take you and Brittany out eclipse watching. So
2: hell yeah, I mean we we have a year to get ready. So
0: yeah, and that, I mean years go fucking quick. So. Um, actually, it's, it's funny now that you mentioned that. So that eclipse is as far away in the future as when we first started doing this is in the past. So if that tells you how quick that's going to come up, you or take a couple of weeks, but.
2: We've been doing this for a while, Tom, you you might even say it's been 60 episodes.
0: I, I might even say that <laughs> I might even say that. So
2: is that right? Is uh, it only 60? I feel like it should be more than that. No. Yeah, but it's, it's only
0: 60. So. Wow. Yeah. So, and, uh, and real quick, I do just want to shout obviously, you know, thank you to our guests last week, um, you know, Eric and uh and obviously yes. our uh, our third member, uh um, Brandon, you know, you hear questions from him every week and uh so Eric, Brandon and Will and I will actually be reconvening tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, so Will, Brandon and I will be doing those watch alongs like we're doing tomorrow. Uh, pretty much on a monthly basis. You know so to look forward to that so um yeah we got some exciting things we got some guests lined up uh for march and april um i think i told you both
2: guests i'm not sure yes. okay you know it'd be a great match to have a watch along pick one what yeah. was it was it was it roosh and Dalton castle had like the <laughs> the 30 second <laughs> <laughs> bring somebody on who doesn't know it's like we're gonna do this title match watching. Oh cool, Dalton Castle and Roosh. I see him on AEW. <laughs> Thanks for coming.
0: Oh, I'm trying to think of someone I would know. Um I do I did reach out to somebody. Um I'm not gonna mention who, but let's say yeah, who actually just started watching the wrestling like a year and a half ago. So hopefully they come on because it'd be kind of good to get some really, 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 really fresh eyes on the product.
2: I mean, um, those but, are ideally the people you'd want to have and ask if it would make them keep watching. Because, I mean, not that we don't love our friends, but I mean, like, Brendan's not going to stop watching wrestling. He's been watching wrestling for a long time. Freed's has been watching wrestling for a long time. We've been watching wrestling for a long
1: time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I mean, besides Brendan, I'm not sure who else has been watching uh, Ring of Honor as diligently as Brendan. So.
2: Um, I'm kind of curious about what the match is that he kind of wants to watch, but he refuses to watch it.
0: Yeah, it's Yeah, maybe we can get that out of him tomorrow. Maybe or maybe next maybe next time we see him, we'll get him all liquored up. That works so, too. Um, yeah, but its yeah, and Brandon really did enjoy. Uh, um, I had a great conversation with Ref Jerry from ICW earlier this week on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. So check that out if you want. Um, I don't
2: have a bell to to ring to name drop the other podcast.
0: Is it really name dropping? I it. When you're name I dropping? It.
2: Did, did did Matt get the name right? Because I know last week, or the last couple of weeks, he doesn't remember what the, the name Midwest Wrestling Roundup. I
0: don't. Did he even mention it this week?
2: I don't think he did.
0: Yeah, which is fine. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. So, um, yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, Brundon, we have a question of dishonor this week, Will. Um oh, I yeah. will pull this up here.
2: So I need, I need you to help me break this question down a little bit. Because I, yeah. I think what I'm getting hung up on is how many answers am I supposed to have?
0: I came up with two. Because I do what I want.
2: Because I was trying to figure out. So I guess we'll just go into the question. So, Brendan, at Irish Misfit on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow uh said what is our all-time favorite ring of honor wrestler submission move or just submission move in general
0: yeah so basically favorite you know ring of honor wrestler submission or just an uh, an, or i did both and my ring of honor one might actually surprise you um if you want to go first
2: so if if I'm going Ring of Honor specific, part of me wants to say the cattle mutilation just because it looks so goofy. Yeah. Um. But I and again, I don't know if he used it while he was in Ring of Honor. I would have assumed he was, some news? but uh, the trailer hitch, used by Jamie Noble, that was that was oh. one of my favorite that was one of my favorite submissions. Uh, when when I when I saw Noble in the in the e as far as my favorite submission i'm a big fan of a stretch muffler
1: Hmm.
2: okay the stretch muffler or um desperado uses a a, a kind of a variation on it he calls it like special number two or whatever
1: yeah
2: where he like he he traps the arm in it
0: yeah stretch muffler just looks
2: like it doesn't like when when somebody like lesnar does a stretch muffler and the guy's like dangling off the ground (laughs)
0: I don't think I've ever seen him do it, but I'm, I'm envisioning that and, and getting a chuckle out of it. So,
2: but I, yeah, so I guess from the Ring of Honor one, we'll, well, I'll say the trailer hitch. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. With the trailer hitch is my favorite. Okay,
0: um, and then Brunnen's is uh, the London Dungeon, uh, made famous by uh, Mr. Nigel McGuinness. Um, often, you uh, I think it's called Shakeley Gates when uh, Mr. Gibson uh, use, uses it. Zach Gibson, I think his name is, in NXT. Um,
2: And that's like, it's almost like an overhand, I should notice, it's like an overhand, like, hammer lock kind of thing, right? Where he goes, like, the hand goes, like, behind the shoulder and they, like, pull back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then Brendan's like, it just looks so simple and so painful. Um, I like the submissions that you can almost feel when they put it on. I can feel my tear set tear just watching. I really enjoy a, a good dragon sleeper, too. Ultimo always looked like he was tearing someone's head off.
2: Um. The dragon sleeper uh. solid, it always looks a little awkward though, like to get someone like in that position. Like it looks like it'd be a hard position to like hold where you're not gonna like be kind of teetering, like losing your balance. Yeah. Where uh. and it's one of those things where it's like how tight do they really have it? Whereas like the London Dungeon, like you said, you can like crank the arm back and you can just like grab that grab that tricep and you can even be squeezing, but if you just like make it like slap it, people are like, Ooh, he's got it in real deep.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, and I mean, there's definitely something to be said for something simple like that.
2: Um, I I really wish... I had brought this up before, but I really wish Gresham used the London Dungeon on Claudio in that title match because that was the story, right? It was Claudio's last world title shot was against Nigel McGuinness, Yeah. And he tapped out in Massachusetts to the London Dungeon. I'm like, if you're doing your homework... Why we not use the move that beat him before? Because they need all the marks in the crowd. Like me would have been like, oh, oh, he's got the London dungeon on him. Like this is it. He's gonna get like PTSD from this. And he's gonna be like, oi, oi, oi. Like
0: <laughs> <that> from Australia. <laughs> it's with a K. Oh, I like that. I like good the pull there. Well, good pill. Uh, shout to the so, broadcast. How, about,
2: how about you, Tom?
0: Um, personally, you know, I don't know if this is just because I'm a Breath of hitman hard fan, but it's really tough to uh, the sharpshooter. Like as a kid, it was such a crazy variation of, you know the the figure four, which you're obviously familiar with. And like as a kid, it would just look like, like the most dangerous thing in the history of the fucking world. um i I, I always enjoyed um I'm gonna call it Sharpshooter. I know you could call it the Scorpion Deathlock um like just brett was so goddamn smooth with it um it, it was odd and listen like brendan says it just looks so goddamn painful um in so many different ways so have you ever been in a figure four will
2: oh of course i have okay yeah my, my is... younger brother is 11 months younger than i am of course i've been in it <laughs> okay
0: so well, i figured maybe well i mean were you giving it to him or was
1: I... Give i would
2: i would um, I would almost raise too. um this move didn't i don't think got used a ton but edge did a variation i think it was called the education hmm. or the educator where it was it was instead of sitting he kind of had he was facing forward so he had him in like that figure and like the sharpshooter but his leg was through so he was stepping over their back and he was like pushing down ooh, ooh which again he didn't really go deep it's kind of like when the rock does the sharpshooter he's like standing up so he's really not putting that much pressure on like the lower back it's all really for show but again as you talk about make, making it look good like edge could like lean in a little bit and because he's got like that low he's already lower to the ground it's like oh he's like he's got it in tight like he's like right on top of like their legs and stuff
0: yeah that's uh that sounds pretty heavy um And another one, you know, super simple. (laughs) Uh, I always enjoy this kind of actually goes into my ring of honor answer. Uh, Obviously the ankle lock. I mean, I'm a Kurt Angle fan, but I mean, just something so simple. You can pull out of nowhere. You know, I don't want to say anybody can do it, but anybody can do it. You know, probably not nearly as effective as like Ken Shamrock and a, a Kurt Angle. And the way you could use it in the context of a wrestling match. Uh, just with those guys, like, freaking the fucking out. Um, but my Ring of Honor submission, this may surprise you, Will. Um, this may surprise you, Brandon. And this may surprise any loyal listener of uh, our podcast. Because we rip on this person, and we'll do it again this week. Because their advertisements are complete dog shit. Uh, but that Eddie Edwards, when he rolls into that leg lock, that single leg crib trap. Oh, yeah. crab,
2: if you – any time you add, like, a roll through into the submission, it's just, like, that much better. I mean, the
0: way he, he can just kind of pull that out of, like, nowhere, um, I always Lance,
2: enjoy. Lance Storm was really good about that, too, because you were yeah. talking about, like, effective. So Lance Storm made a single-leg crab, like, a devastating move. Yeah. But he'd I be mean, able to roll through. He'd, like, opponent come off the ropes, he rolls them through. He's He's in that single-leg crab. Like, he's got gotcha. you.
0: Yeah, and it's just something that, I mean, once again, it just makes sense. You know, I mean, it's just as effective as a 2 leg Boston Crab, but so much easier to apply.
2: You only um, need to hold on to one leg.
0: Yeah, and you can do so much more with it, you know, and this, once again, in the context of selling, you know, I mean, the everything you can do with it like that, and just um, like when Eddie Edwards hit it on, um, on Kevin Steen and that match we just watched in Defy or Deny or Defy 2 was just like, I didn't know her. Um, you know, I could have picked 6,000 moves from David Richards, but I'm going to go Eddie Edwards' uh, one-legged busted crab. Wow.
2: Eddie Edwards getting a shout-out from Milwaukee Tom.
0: I know. Um, and like I said, I, I will never, ever, ever rip on Eddie Edwards' toughness, but I will almost always rip on his promos. I'm sorry. scoring
2: and scoring.
0: Yeah um shout out to kevin kelly um and like i said uh speaking kind of reference and actually i should probably put the link to that that uh episode in in this note too great interview um but yeah i mean it was like damn i've got so many questions for you but it'd be cool like um kevin kelly should write like a a venues a book about historic venues
2: i would just sit there and listen to kevin kelly talk about like whatever he wanted to talk about
1: yeah
2: he's like if if you want to think of it like a spectrum, like a yin and a yang on one end, you've got Kevin Kelly and on the other end, you've got Jim Cornette. Yeah. Like Kevin Kelly has all this knowledge. and It's like, he's using it for good. Yeah. I mean, he's not like, you know, sugarcoating stuff. He, he had no problem saying a lot of, there's plenty of pro wrestling in Pennsylvania, but a lot of it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but he's using, he's like, this is what we need to do to make it better. Here's what we're doing to make it better yeah and then you could have gone the other way where it's like jim Cornette has all the knowledge jim Cornette could be the most friendly person in the world and be like this is the guy he's got all the knowledge all the memorabilia all the insight like he's been there for everything like he could be the guy but he's a fucking asshole
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's uh that's a very very good statement so when i was like damn i was like man i would just ask him like so what do you think about turner hall because i know i mean i'm not just saying it's it's in milwaukee but i know people are i mean it's pretty rare that they put over a venue like they did on that that episode i mean both him and nigel mcginnis really did gush about the building
2: it it really is something that you don't super value, like you don't usually think about it right but it is almost part of the thing like ring of honor like especially right now goes to hammerstein like all the time but you know it's like that's like their venue it's like big show got to be the hammerstein ballroom yeah it's like the e it's like madison square garden like madison square garden used to be like such a big deal for them it's like we're going to the garden nobody else goes to the garden
0: yeah it's just i mean and i'm such a venue mark um for sure and maybe because uh, And maybe something's got to do with my second wrestling show back to wrestling was at Turner Hall.
2: That's 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 kind of the – so I didn't ask it because we didn't really talk about commenting, but I kind of wanted to ask him if he – he probably doesn't now because he's been there so many times, but it's like how important was it to him like the first time he called something at like the Tokyo Dome or the first time he called something at like you know I mean, like at one of these yeah. venues, like because you hear wrestlers talk about it, it's like, I, I can't wait to, I, I want to wrestle Tokyo Dome, I want to wrestle this venue, or I really want to go to this venue or this country. It's like, does does, did he feel the same way? It's like, wow, I'm going to Mexico to call wrestling, or I'm going to the Tokyo Dome to call wrestling.
0: Like, yeah. And speaking of, you know, the E in Madison Square Garden, I'm sure in his time there, he probably did call it an event or two at Madison Square Garden.
2: I never knew he was in the E. Like, I obviously found that out like relatively yeah. recently, but I I was not watching when Kevin Kelly was a uh, part of the E.
0: Yeah, I I did I mean, I knew it but I didn't realize if that makes sense. So it's just like, you know, for as as a kid, you don't really give you really don't realize how much the announcing means um, to like, you know, the wrestling. Uh, but you definitely get a lot more appreciation for it you know, see, it,
2: it makes it for me. I had the pleasure of years ago. Um, don't remember exactly when uh, Lesnar was the heavyweight champ, Seth Rollins is IC champ. We went to a Monday Night Raw up in Montreal, and to be there in that building, first of all, when Sami Zayn came out,
1: hmm. and
2: I'm like, that's really fucking loud. But then when Kevin Owens came out. You couldn't hear. It sounded like legit, like a gen engine. Mm-hmm. It was just like a roar. Like it was almost so loud. You're Your you can't like process how loud it is. But I didn't necessarily love sitting through the whole show because it's like I feel like I need the, I want the commentary. I want to have the. Because for me, it was Taz and Michael Cole. Yeah. Because I I was early two thousand SmackDown, so it's like. Taz and Michael Cole were an important part of the wrestling program to me. Yeah, and mean, now you know. we got Kevin Kelly. You know, we're watching this. Kevin Kelly's great to have on commentary. Like it's it's gotta be Kevin Kelly.
0: I mean, he got us through fighting February single-handedly.
2: He made fighting February out like it was gonna be great. And I kept we kept believing it. We can't believe he was going to
0: be. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. I mean, fighting February almost killed this podcast. I mean, it was bad. Um, with Kevin Kelly, you know, he stayed the course and, and he got us through. Um, and listen, and yeah, and I grew up on you know the Gorilla Monsoons, the Jesse the Bodies, you know the the Bobby Heenan's, and uh, so when you started wrestling or started wrestling, started watching wrestling, you already knew that Vince McMahon owned WWF then, obviously, right?
2: Yeah. Because his character at that point was already like Mr. the boss.
0: Mr. McMahon, okay. And I was just trying to think, I have never been able call to
2: Fall of, of 2002.
0: Okay. Yeah, so he was well under Mr. McMahon by then.
2: So uh, like when I, I first started watching, it was just after Judgment Day
0: 2002. Okay. Um, yeah, and so you have to remember when I started watching, um, Vince McMahon was just some asshole in a bow tie, being fucking berated by this crazy guy in a fucking bowl and big glasses and just his body water
2: mature. on Hoover,
0: <laughs> um, you know. And listen, I, I just try to think back and like when I know it was obviously the internet was well, the internet didn't exist, so no one knew that you know Vince McMahon was the you know the boss. So it'd be interesting to figure out like I don't remember if I knew before he came out, you know, with the whole um Mister McMahon character slash you know Montreal screw job. So. I'll have to talk to people, some more people my age, and when they realize that Vince McMahon was, like, the owner of the WWF. Like, it's been so long now. It's like you always assumed that you knew, but I didn't as a kid, so. So, well, Will, um, speaking of Ring of Honor, we had some TV this week.
2: We did. We're we're in the, the – I almost said the Burns Arena. It's New Burns Arena.
0: I think it's – Duburns, like D E space B U R N S. It's in
2: Baltimore. It's where they've been. <laughs> it's in it's in Baltimore.
0: Um, and shout out to Baltimore. And they really did hold it down. Like I don't know if the De Burns are in. Re- like Cynthia, the venue. Like I don't know if it's the venue or if it's the crowd. Because the crowds, I mean, they're still hot.
2: It's the crowd. It's um, that crowd is so into it every, and they tape and blocks. So it's like I I saw I went to a set of Impact tapes when they're at Universal. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was dead. Like there wasn't a lot of people there. The people who were there weren't really like super into it. The crowd wasn't great. This crowd has probably been sitting there for however many hours. Yeah, cause this is their like, height.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is like the fifth of sixth hour or uh, yeah fifth of six hours, so assuming they tape an order. Obviously, you got the tournament that we're about to talk about here, real quick, but um, yeah. But I mean, shout out to Baltimore, man. Listen, I mean, I mean I've you know, I've seen Ring of Honor in Baltimore <clears throat> twice. You know, I'm gonna put myself over again, but uh,
2: I, I watched you watch Rest, Ring of Honor in Baltimore twice,
0: yeah. That's uh, yeah, I was it got caught staring at Roy Roy Horse Horus's ass by accident, but yeah, you know, Horus. Horus Hogan. Um, but yeah, we're back into Burns Arena. Uh, we should probably check out how that is spelled. Um, but yeah, still rocking, you know, Kevin Kelly, uh who has recently been interviewed by Will, like we referred to. Uh we're back with LaCroix and we're starting off with uh Truth Martini, the, the Punani predator. The the,
2: put, the Punani, uh yeah, the Punani Predator.
0: And uh we're gonna put the emphasis on Predator. Um I mean but, he
2: didn't uh he he didn't ask Kevin Kelly to smell his fingers this time.
0: No, but he did ask him to play his balls and have a circle jerk with him. So
2: that that I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm kind of surprised they let it go that far.
0: I was like, <laughs> wow. Um yeah, so but our opening match, um yeah, because obviously, you know, uh truth martini is scouting out all the top prospects, you know, and I think there is a person in this uh, match that I think uh, Truth Martini would be a great fit for. Um, but where this match is our boy, Tadarius Thomas, uh, versus QT Marshall. And there is a little promo real quick where Tadarius is talking about uh, facing QT Marshall, and Mr. Marshall comes in to correct I was, was going to say,
2: it's QT Marshall right now. We're not – It's he, he, he drops the accent later on.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which which is awesome, um, and obviously you know Truth Marte's talking about he's got some history with uh, Thedaris, uh Thomas. Oh, uh, Tadarius Thomas beat Antonio Thomas last uh, for the first round, and um, he knew Thomas would win. He did know Thomas would win, which they beat to death. And uh, QT did uh, Mr. Paradise City himself, Mr. Mike Seidel. Uh, you know, but he, he likes both these guys, but he does not like QT's representative, R.D. Evans, which we haven't seen in a while.
2: No, Art. He's as we learned in the uh, the backstage comments with Veda Scott, Artie Evans is uh, overseas.
0: Yeah, doing some overseas things, but uh,
2: for you some. Only, hard... We talked about rough promos. Those backstage comments, which we, with both QT Marshall and with Tadarius Thomas, neither one particularly great. No. Which is odd, on, on people... the on the topic of Veda. Did you listen to the sessions this week? No, I did not. Uh, veda scott was on oral sessions with renee paquette
0: really that
2: was a it was a good listen she talks about her history and ring of honor she talks about her relationship with a uh, one sweetball mike bailey yeah. and uh, she talks about how uh you know what, what me might touch upon it later on the episode something that's coming up in march but she said uh, she'd be open to a uh, work in a particular uh, tv program if it uh if it were to uh you know start up again really yeah interesting
0: i may have to check that out so
2: but uh to to sum up the backstage comments uh tedarius thomas does his talking in the ring thank goodness and that that that's all you really need to know uh there's not a lot of mic skills qt has like a little bit can still. it's like he, he also kind of needs somebody to like work off of right and it's like yeah eh, already evans is away I almost felt like that should have come into play a little more that, especially with Martini being like ringside and he's like, Oh, I don't really like RD Evans. So you think that would have been like the opportunity to like for Martini to kind of like start schmoozing his way in. Yeah. But um, I did like that. They put, they brought up that he won his contract at boiling point. Yeah. Back in August which it kind of, like, it happened. It's like, oh, this person wins a Ring of Honor contract, and they've never really, like, brought it up again. So I appreciate that commentary did bring that up, tying it all back. Go buy the DVD on the (laughs) iPay-Per-View.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, obviously, he's the shit heel, and Darius Thomas has got the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and capoeira. Um, Great, you know, good match. You know, really, they, they played to the both styles, but they were, I mean, I don't know. Did you kind of think the commentary kind of spoiled the result? They were super heavy on Tadarius.
2: I mean, they. I mean, the Ring of Honor program has been heavy on Tadarius. Like, we, we see him a lot. Which For good. somebody who normally talk about being under contract or whatever, we see Tedarius Thomas a lot. Yeah. They usually put him in spots that make him look good.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, you know, full disclosure. You know, he's did...
2: he's he's blocking punches with with his head. He's he's using the capoeira.
0: Yeah, I, I got it in my notes.
2: He pandered a lot to the crowd in this match, though. Yeah, which is not
0: usually. It, it usual It felt style. a
2: little weird. It felt a little felt a little over a little, a little too uh, overconfident. I feel yeah. like for for Tidarius Thomas to be to to pander to the crowd so much and leaving QT with a lot of time.
0: Yeah. You know, and QT almost finished him off a couple times.
2: You know, we no. saw some impressive stuff, though, like QT doing, like or uh, Tedaris doing, like, the cartwheel off the apron.
1: That was cool. But
2: again, again, it, it looked cool, but it took a lot of time. QT caught him and ended up smacking him with a spine buster into the, the apron, or the, Ooh, the corner into post. The,
1: into the pole, yeah. That and, and, the, 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 and,
2: the, and the mic picked it up pretty well, and you heard, like, the doink you know
1: <laughs> yeah i was like
2: "Ooh,
0: ouch um yeah it was i don't know so i mean yeah that's a really good point i did not notice that as much uh i did watch this twice but the rewatch is a little bit quick unfortunately uh but yeah that's a good call will so hopefully no he's got to stay like, focused
2: like t he he pandered like i know QT marshall's the heel and like he tried to heal it up like he goes out he slaps the, the barricade and he's like QT marshall and he's like smacking but it's like normally the heels painted to the crowd right they're all like yeah boomy or thomas was like looking at the crowd a lot and it's like but like you, you got a guy right there
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Well, I mean, at uh, the end of the match, you know, QT does go for his Alabama Slam, uh, but today he reverses it with a sweet dragon suplex uh, for a win, and then uh, more pandering to the crowd. He just some dancing, some capoeira and everything. So um, maybe it's starting to go to his head, Will. I did not notice that.
2: He will be in the finals next week.
0: Yeah, and we will find out who his opponent will be later on in this episode. Uh, but real quick, so the first of 14 times we see scum. I know Kevin seems got no comments for Lethal and walks out of the interview.
2: Uh,
0: but it, you know, that, be...
2: I love that it's like Kevin. You know, we got anniversary show coming up. Kevin, you accepted Lethal's challenge. Do you have any? Can you, anything you want to share? No. Nope. And he he just walks away. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I did. I, he did. Pat Carino like on his shoulder, kind of gave him that look. Um, when Steve Carino not missing a beat, you know, it's going to be scum versus CC and, uh, it's going to be, you know, uh, evil versus good and evil always wins. And then Jimmy Jacobs goes into his anti-god thing and the whole kit and cabaloo. So, um, uh, pretty much the same promo we'll see three or four times throughout this episode.
2: Scum uh, of honor.
0: Yeah, scum of honor. Uh, but what we all came here to see, Will, uh, next uh Haas and Whitmer at the dealership. Now, this is being put over pretty heavily uh, throughout uh, the Tedarius Thomas match and in the beginning intro uh, by Kevin Kelly and Caleb Seltzer. Uh, parental discretion was advised, Will, so I don't know if you got permission to watch this or not. Um,
2: I, I didn't get the permission slips on, but it's all right. My mom said, what the hell are you doing? You're 31 years old.
0: <laughs> um but Make a long story short, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Haas is supposed to go to some dealership, uh, but he was late. Uh, so, Joel Coff called uh, BJ Whitmer, who just happened to be there on time, and uh, they're at the dealership, and, uh, you know, they're glad, handling, handing, and all that good stuff. And Haas shows up, and uh, he's not happy. He's like, "Joe, you said this is my appearance. You know, this is how you treat me after all I've done. You know, Whitmer tells him, oh, once you go? Uh, Haas says, stays out of it. Whitmer's like, no. And uh, we talked about earlier in pre-production, but, man, Haas caught him with that right. That was not what you call a work punch. Um,
2: no, then, we, uh, we, got a, we got a parking lot brawl, Tom.
0: Yeah, and then a the fight spill, you know, the, the classic, you know, let's meet outside and let's throw off our jackets and uh, fight spills in the parking lot. And uh, basically, B.J. Whitmer breaks a window with his head, uh, gets a, sl- a Olympic slammed on the hood, and then uh, – yeah, they fight some more, and Joe Coff does what Joe Coff does and gets rid of Charlie Haas. Um, I think my version of Joe Coff is better than Joe Coff, but that's just me. So, um, and- What a
2: horrible name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: But he, he was telling Haas, like, you're out of Ring of Honor. It's like, get out of here. I mean, well, something might be out of Ring of Honor, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little later. Yeah. But he did was- Whitmer. Dude is getting the shit beat out of him. <laughs> every week.
0: Yeah, and just keeps on taking off. It takes a licking, it, but it keeps on ticking. Oh.
2: I think what got was when Haas was slamming the door on him.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was definitely getting Lethal Weapon vibes from that. So, have you seen Lethal Weapon two?
2: It's been a long time, but yeah. Okay, yeah, seen all four.
0: Yeah, I really thought Mel Gibson slams that one guy's head in the door like forty-eight times.
2: Uh, uh, Vincent DeFornio does that in the uh, Daredevil too. Interesting. Hmm. As as the kingpin character.
0: Hmm. I have not seen Daredevil.
2: It's very good. I I recommend checking it out.
0: With ben is that with Ben Affleck, isn't it?
2: No, no not that one. Not, not that a, one. Okay, another Daredevil. not the movie. Not the movie.
0: Oh, it's like a series?
2: The series. It was on Netflix. I believe it's on the Disney Plus now because they have all the Marvel properties. Okay. Ooh. But they, they did two seasons of the show. Then they did the spinoff Punisher series. and But they're working on a new Daredevil series that's apparently going to be like... Because a lot of the newer content for like the Marvel stuff that they've done... It's all in Disney Plus, obviously. So it's all been fairly like family-ish, friendly, like PG-13, whatever. But this Daredevil series is apparently going to be adult, like MA, adult-only, like the Netflix series was. Nice. Um, so I I might actually tune in and watch that.
0: Was the Punisher series any good?
2: I heard it was good. I never watched it. That got um, Bernthal. Joe burnthal I think it's his name.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, because I only saw the one movie, Thomas Jane, and that was a little disappointing because the Punisher was always... I didn't know a lot about comic books, but I knew about Wolverine, and I knew about the Punisher.
2: I feel like I thought it was kind of cool when it came out, but now that I'm older and I know more about the Punisher character, I really don't think that movie was that good.
0: (laughs) No, but... um... A movie with Thomas Jane that is good is uh The Mist, which is currently on Netflix. Um, it's a Stephen I, King I haven't
2: film. watched that. I haven't watched it, but I mean I, I know how it ends, so I almost don't know if I can watch it now if I know the
0: oh see so you know, no ending. Oh did not see that coming. Wow. Um yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, it's a Stephen King vehicle. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I, I do watch and read a lot of Stephen King. And uh, when I saw Thomas Jane was in that movie, I was like, "Yeah, um, But great, yeah, great fucking story." Um, the whole Kit and caboodle. but yeah, if you know what the ending is, you're right. It's oof, oof.
2: oof.
1: Uh, Back to is it is it,
2: is it is it worth watching if I know the ending? Yes. Okay. Um, As yeah, Chris Mar- Jericho would say, I'll put it on the list.
0: Yeah, uh, Marcia Gay Harden, uh, also known for her role in Mystic River and a bunch of other roles. Uh, definitely steal, acting-wise, definitely steals the movie. Um, have you ever read the book, Lord of the Flies?
2: Haven't read the book. Seen the movie.
0: Okay. Uh, so, I've seen So Lord of the Flies is Stephen King's favorite book of all time. And, obviously, a lot of his stories kind of revolve around that. So, basically, it's like Lord of the Flies in a grocery store. Um and just the way people you know you know mob mentality and everything but uh yeah it, it's definitely worth it um even if you know the ending so, hell yeah uh, maybe go will watch
2: it tonight after we're done recording
0: yeah and let me know what you think so well shit well i mean if you want we could do a review of that someday if you like it that much we can dive I mean, into we, it
2: and... I, I like talking about movies so
0: okay well i mean let me know what you think of the movie and if you want to dive into it someday
2: have you seen Death to Smoochie?
0: Yes, Will. I've seen Death to Smoochie.
2: <laughs> I, so I know, Will.
0: I know. Uh, but the war, uh, Faith and I went to saw Princess Bride yesterday at the movie theater. That's um, cool. Better than I remember. Uh, I had originally, when Faith and I first started dating, we'd watched it with her friend Brittany, and that was for the first time, and that was, what Jesus Christ, that was 10 years ago? Holy shit, she's put up with me for that long. Um, and nope. we're watching the movie. And this is, this is an old-timey, this is like the old-timey of old-timey movie theaters. Um, Been around since 1927. And it looks like it in a good way. Um, But yeah, way better than I remember.
2: I uh, saw it for the first time within the last year. And I thought it was a very fun watch.
0: Yeah. And Entree was in it a lot more than I remember the first time watching it. And then, after reading his book and just uh, you know realizing what he was going through just to film that movie, um, was crazy. Like, you know the part where uh, Princess Buttercup, you know, she jumps out of the window into Andre's arms. yeah, he was so weak they had to they had to hold her up with a wire. He couldn't hold her.
2: I mean, when you're that big, yeah, I mean you're you're the body, you're the human body's not meant to be that big.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, that was uh was it and uh LeParde. That book that he wrote on Andre the Giants really good, so I definitely recommend that too. So um, wow Will we went on a hell of a tangent. That was awesome. Surprise, surprise. Um but I mean Will, we've got uh Westgate and Fury. Oh Nick Westgate and Brian Fury versus CNC Wrestle Factory.
1: Brian right.
2: Fury. <claps> I'd say my boy I don't really know him, but he used to own and run chaotic oh no shit okay he has since totally he is totally out of the wrestling business at this point
0: Well, okay. I thought that name kind of looked, i didn't have time to look it up but uh
2: yeah he is uh he is from my neck of the woods and he is very important to the wrestling scene uh in my neck of the woods that's cool oh
0: well, shout out to Brian. So Fury. you wanna,
2: you kind of wanna be grateful for your Tommaso Chompas and stuff like that. It's you owe that to Brian Fury.
0: No shit. Okay. That's all I'll see. I mean, Will once again just shining through, and proving why he's an Oakland nominated podcaster. High fiver So, um, but yeah, it's these two versus CNC Wrestle Factory, and I don't know if you noticed Will, but Caprice was in the wrong corner. Did you notice
1: that?
2: Oops. I didn't notice that.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Brian Fury's like, look at me, I've got the tag rope because I'm in the right corner. Because yeah, Caprice is like, he wasn't across the ring from me; he was like in the next corner. Um, obviously, didn't really matter, but we'll get into that real quick. But uh, Matt starts off with Westgate and Cedric. Uh, they beat up Westgate. Fury comes in. Uh, Caprice, is a hell of a springboard. It uh, was very well shot to the outside. Uh, And then Caprice is going to also dive to the outside, but he doesn't realize that Mr. Rhino is right behind him. And holy shit. Cedric got bored. Oh,
1: right Right out of his boot.
0: Yeah, literally. Um, That's a shoot.
2: It, It was so rough. The ref had like a gap. It was like, oh, no. Yeah, like I guess I got a call for a disqualification. It's like, buddy, you just walked to murder in the ring. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh...
2: I mean, I will say it felt like it took a little, lo- a little long. I feel like the crowd was like, yeah. And it, it it seemed like Cedric didn't turn around for a little longer than he maybe could have. You know what I mean? It was like an extra beat longer than maybe it should have been.
1: Yeah,
2: but I wasn't expecting the the scum running. For this match i know they they have the match coming up but i thought we were just gonna see you know a nice CNC and wrestle factory oh, wrestling yeah. some 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 local enhancement talent
0: yeah and then uh crino gets on the stick um you know basically evil's coming ring of honor is gonna die i think he said april second but i think he meant march second i could have been wrong uh, and then from here on out, it's be called Ring of Scum. Was it Ring of Scum or Ring of Evil? I don't remember. I think it was Ring of Scum. Right? I,
2: thought, I, I thought it was Scum of Honor, but I could be wrong.
0: Scum of Honor. God damn it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but next, Will, uh, speaking of Veda Scott, uh, she's on the stick with uh, the last real man, Silas. Uh, and Silas Young. And Silas is not too excited about her not acknowledging the fact that he's the real man.
1: Uh, well, I love him
2: leaning into the character, right, of the last real man, because we've seen Silas young a couple times, and we're not getting like surly old man Silas, Now we've got it. Yeah, he's the last real man of Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, he's gonna but, get Adam Cole in that, or not Adam Cole. He's gonna get uh, a Taven, Taven in that stock lot.
0: Nice for you, for you to slip there to future references on the podcast, but uh, yeah. He's going to do what he did to Adam Page. He's going to make him the stock clock, and he's either going to tap or he's going to break. And then uh, we get a quick promo from Matt Taven with his with his awestruck promo. So we're kind of
2: – Right. He, he's kind of in the Adam Cole boat, right, where he <laughs> – we We do not get the the Matt Taven. We do not get the I am he and he is I Matt Taven here. This is very much still like – Hey, guys, Matt, I'm Matt Taven. I'm from Derry, New Hampshire.
1: Yeah,
0: but I mean, I'm really from California. Looks like a million bucks. Like, I was looking at it. It looks like, great. I was like, I mean, I, I definitely love my wife, and I do, you know, enjoy the, the ladies of persuasions, but that team looked look good. But yeah, it was just like, an oh, shucks, and you know, it's like, I'm from California, but I'm not really from California.
2: Um, He's, it's like there's that no character there. He's just like a wrestler number three. Yeah. Kind of.
0: Um, and so obviously him being from your hometown and everything, were you always kind of preferential to him or?
2: Uh, no. So I have only lived in New Hampshire the last 10 years.
1: Oh,
2: Yeah. Um, and I actually found out about him living and being from Derry. It would have been like two years ago. Cause I found that out in the midst of pandemic, uh, hotel bubble ring of honor because okay. i was just like looking up more stuff about the, the athletes and it's like oh he's from Derry, new hampshire no shit because nobody like talks about it you know what i mean it's like we talk there's like the robert frost farm and stuff like that but it's like nobody really talks about it hmm. i've heard him brought up once when um i was at one of uh
1: Brittany's where she works uh they do like a big gala things with Oh. I heard people talk about it there because it's like he's from around here. These people probably know. Yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah, because I mean, they, they did mention in uh, in the match here that he was trained by Spike Dudley in Massachusetts. You know, right? The,
2: wink, wink, Massachusetts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's supposed to be from California, but uh, real quick, uh, Silas did beat, uh, let's say, uh, referenced earlier, he, uh, well, not Hangman, Adam Page, and then Taven did beat ACH. Um, a crackhead, as uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to acknowledge that. So, But I do want to mention, though, Will, um, that both of these gentlemen were uh, my two sleeper picks for 2013 in this match. Just going to say that. So I was guaranteed to have one in the finals. Um, And they say Silas is only 26 here. I don't know if that's right, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, But yeah, great chemistry with these two listed. I mean, Silas. And we've said it a bunch. I mean, he's sneaky athletic. You look at the guy. Yeah, obviously, he looks strong. He looks burly. He looks like, you know, he could cut a fucking tree down in 38 seconds. But a motherfucker can go. He's very quick. He's very agile. Um, You know, he does. He does work out at the gym or uh, does manage the gym. My buddy Dan works or uh, works out at. So down in Bayview, Wisconsin. So, well, I will be taking you there also, by the way. Uh, Yeah, really fun match. What did you think of the match before we jump into the ending?
1: Oh, well. Oh. Well, I'm losing you.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, my bad. Sorry. We'll listen to you there real quick. Um, yeah, great match. You know, listen, I can't put over uh, both of these guys enough. Um, you know, I was, I was talking about earlier. I hated Matt Taven um, for the longest time, and I said to the to the point where I really um, was pissed off when he won in Madison Square Garden. Uh, but I I, uh, I talked about this We'll actually cover this event. We did see him live in uh, Potawatomi here in Milwaukee. Me, shout out to my friend Garrett. But we harassed the living shit out of him, and we had so much fun. He gave it right back, and we saw him after the show. He was such a good sport. Uh, after that, um, I've been a McTaven fan. Obviously, he's been on the Shining Wizards,
1: um, so I, I'm sold on Taven. But, Will, uh, any thoughts on this? Oh, okay. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in the end of the match,
0: uh, Silas does shoot Taven into the ropes. Uh, nails a sweet backbreaker and goes for that uh, backbreaker lyric combination he goes for. Uh, but he misses as Taven ducks, and he rolls up Silas for the win. Uh, you know, once again, fun TV match. Uh, both showed their athleticism. Um, yeah, and then uh, we're getting to Darius Thomas versus Taven next week. And uh, obviously they're putting over, ta- you know, Haven pretty hard in this match,
2: but Will, do you have any thoughts on this? Great showing for both. Um, the surprise, the kind of surprise roll up win, I guess was okay. I But I don't mind that it wasn't like a definitive win like we've had for the other matches, right? Because we're going to see both these guys in Ring of Honor for like the next several years. Yeah. Um, so only, only one person can win this tournament, but I mean, these are two, two athletes that we're going to see a lot throughout the next decade of Ring of Honor.
0: And I'm looking forward to it. Um, both. Silas only won one championship, but I know Taven's got two. Was he a grand slam champion? I wonder if he won the TV. I think he might've been a triple crown winner or grand slam champion. I
2: don't know. Probably he's been a world champion TV champ. He's had the six man belts, right? Because he had yeah. it with the kingdom. Yeah. He's had the regular tag belts several times.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a Grand Slam champion. So, um, yeah. So, Will, I was talking, um, real quick to listen earlier. I used to hate Taven, couldn't stand him, uh, for the longest time.
1: But
2: I, my, my thing with Taven is like, I, I missed, because of when I watched Ring of Honor, I missed kind of the the rise of Taven. So like I saw kind of the Taven around like where we are now and it's like, yeah, I don't really see it. And then when I started really really watching Ring of Honor, it's like everybody's like, Matt Taven, Matt Taven. I'm like, Matt Taven? He didn't seem like you know, that like that big of a deal when I saw him 2013,
1: 2014, right? Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, super. He got, he got huge. Yeah.
0: Um, but we'll cover in September and uh September of 2029. Uh but yeah, we had there's an awesome event here in Milwaukee. It was not Turner Hall, it was a pot of water to me. Uh, but my friend Garrett, who I did not know at the time, we actually met at that show. Uh, we're hecking with the shit. And we were just giving it back and forth. Um, he was getting to us, and then we saw him afterwards and he had such a laugh about it. I'm like, all right, he gets it. So I mean, I'm Taven so. Uh, but, Will, real quick, before we get to your favorite time of the week, well, second favorite time of the week, Um, Charlie Haas is really pissed off, and he hates Valentine's Day. But he wants you to buy a Haas t-shirt, and if you spend over $60, you'll get a free cap. Will, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I'm 30% tempted to find a, a Haas t-shirt. I don't know what that, what it is. Um but I just I I love it. I I, I do enjoy that shirt.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a little out of character, right? Him him being the shill when he's we just saw him beat the shit out of BJ Whitmer. And he's being told beat it, right? Now he's yeah. now he's here trying to sling t shirts and oh if you spend I like how he's like and or if you can get some of this other junk he's, like, dumping the DVDs everywhere.
0: He's like, he can buy this other crap. Um, well done. I mean, I, I prefer this ad to other ones. But, yeah, I don't know what it is about that 100% uh, h- Hosshole T-shirt. But I'm all in for a Will. So, hey, Uh, But, Will, inside Ring of Honor. And uh, Kevin Kelly, he's got a heaping helping of hype for us this week. Ooh. I love the little, little worries in there. So. Uh, but speaking of BV, BJ Whitmer, we do get highlights of Whitmer and Hardy from Milwaukee, uh, which is kind of cool because they usually don't um, reshow the house shows like that. Uh, so I guess this is, you know, but it was, I mean, it was like a pay per view because they had a name, I mean, Defire Denied, too. Um, you know, and Hardy taps him out in the middle of the ring and, you know, or and uh, Red Tide said had to throw it like we uh, covered earlier um you know hardy grabs the mic and he costs nigel um he won another match in the middle of the ring blah 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 we talked and then cole and then uh cole show adam cole shows up because matt hardy's calling him out and uh like we've been talking about will adam cole starting to show a little bit of that fire
2: right we the the face and the intensity we're, we're getting a little bit more of the uh the baby Adam Cole. Like you can see, it's there. It's percolating under the surface of a plucky young Adam Cole.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this. And just uh, another quick sidebar. Adam Cole is one smart Melissa. He's just so well spoken. Um, like he is gonna be successful at whatever he does. Uh, hopefully he does something, you know, with commentary. Uh, but he can be a great baby face, he can be a great heel. Um, you know, I, I'm an Adam Cole guy, um, but back to this real quick, uh, Matt Hardy does try to kick Adam Cole in the dick, uh, but he blocks it, uh, fight ensues, uh, but Adam Cole gets the best of him, but gets split up, uh, but Matt Hardy grabs that belt, smacks him in the head and walks off with it. Can you believe that, Will? Matt Hardy stole his belt.
2: More belt stealing, just what this stuff needs.
0: Yeah, and uh Cole is angry. And uh basically it's no always one, the
2: TV, it's always the TV title.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. No one's just Yeah, well, it's, it's not. Well, I mean, it's, Yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, we've only had two world t- two, two world champions this entire time we've been doing this podcast, will. That's kind of cool. Um
2: they uh, they I, don't hop potato the belt.
0: No. Uh, but no one cares in uh you know, Adam Cole's very angry, no one cares about uh Matt Hardy. Uh, next, we get Nigel is giving the Briscoals, uh a title. Sh- or they obviously have the titles, uh, but Red Dragon, as they won that uh, tag team gauntlet, uh, are going to face the Briscoes. But uh, Charlie Haas, he's not happy about it. Uh, still playing it off like or, uh, Shelton's not anywhere. Right.
2: He's right. He's. Shelton Mendes not in the country. Yeah. You know, it's it's a conspiracy, it's all a big setup. Wrestling's greatest tag team was in the tag team tournament. And I forget what exactly he says, but he pretty much says he'd put anything on the line. Yep. He said he'd put wrestling's greatest tag team on the line. And Nigel said, Yeah, sounds good. <laughs>
0: He's like, well, now that you mention it, uh, okay, let's do it.
2: And you can see like the regret, because Haas knows what he just walked into.
0: <laughs> yep. And then uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, but I mean, you know, and then playing it like any any real asshole just kind of lets it go. So, um, yeah. So it looks like in the future, probably at Supercard in April, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we are gonna get the Briscoes versus. Wrestling Series Tag Team, again. Um, but before we get to that, Will, we get a promo from said Briscoes. And I say it every goddamn week, and I'm starting to say it every other goddamn week, too. Jay, obviously, we miss you. Thank you for everything. But goddamn, Mark Briscoe is a national fucking treasure. This 30 He's great. Pro- this 30- <laughs> He's like, Bobby the Fish. Kyle
2: O'Reilly I I pop so big for that because whenever (laughs) I hear Kyle O'Reilly I think that same thing but I don't know like how local that is right like I don't know how like nationwide that is or whatnot. so it's like oh I always always think about it and then it's like to have him do it it's like oh my god he's speaking to me
0: yeah I mean um it, it was yeah it was awesome so i'm actually uh so stay tuned high fivers you can actually hear said promo uh right about now ring of honor
1: it's all in for hoss and benjamin but the briscoes don't plan on folding looking looking forward them boys got a full plate not only do we have bobby the fish and Kyle O oh oh o'reilly hey look how long y'all boys been teaming now about four five minutes hey we're gonna school y'all boys don't you worry, I guarantee that. And not one. only do we got that, Bobby the Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, but we also got Charlie High, Shelton Benjamin, the tag team titles versus y'all tag team. I mean, daggone, I hate to break up such a superstar tag team. Charlie High, Shelton Benjamin, Mr. Monday Night, WWE tag team titles, my ass. I hate to do it, but daggone, we the best tag team in the world, boys. We got some hey, history. Hey, y'all done up the wrong tree. We got some history, boys, but we're going to make history when we break up a team of 10, 15 years. Hey, we got a job for you, though. Y'all can shovel chicken, Mano, and pick up dead chickens on Big, big Man Chicken big, big Man got plenty of work for you. Hell with the tag team. So that
0: tag team... And hey, we're back. Maybe, maybe not, so... Um, but, yeah, I love that promo. <laughs> <term. laughs> um, and then also we finish, you know, we find out that, obviously, it's uh, me, Darius Thomas or Matt Taven... Uh, next week for um, Adam Cole's TV title. so uh, Any thoughts or concerns? I kind of rambled on there a little bit about um, Inside the Ring of Honor, but I thought it was a decent one. Uh, got a little weird, but you know.
2: No. I, it, I feel like they packed because sometimes Inside of Ring of Honor, it feels like they kind of stretch it out and you don't really get a whole lot of like actual new stuff whereas this was I feel like there was a good amount of of stuff, right? We we got Yeah. I mean, I feel like we we could potentially be seeing the end of a uh, wrestling's greatest tag team in Ring of Honor. In, uh, in Ring of Honor. But uh you know, those are the stakes, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. So it was uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you know, Will and I are aren't blessed with foresight, so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But we're going to our main event, Will. We've got uh, the Zombie Princess. I don't think he's called Zombie Princess in Ring of Honor. Yeah, he is. Is he? Okay, good. Yep. Um, I've just been watching him a lot, he's actually brewed, uh feuding right now with Mass Warner in 2019 AEW. So I kind of get those two things confused sometimes because I'm watching that right now. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Jacobs, the Zombie Princess versus Jay Lethal. Obviously, you know, anytime there's a member of Scum in a match, Steve Carino's on the call, you know, and basically I wonder what Jimmy Jacobs' job is here to Yay. do. Uh, uh, but, man, this crowd was really anti-Jimmy Jacobs and actually really pro Jay Lethal.
2: Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it, that Jay Lethal is very over.
0: Well, I mean, you, d- you did call it well against your better judgment, but uh, it only
2: taught- I, I I Right, I, I did pick him to be what, my standout star of 2013.
0: Yeah. Um, it only took 45 seconds before Steve Carino called, uh, Caleb Seltzer, uh, Corpy again. So uh, I don't know. Do you get that? Re- you get that reference, right? From what was it? That TV show? Yeah. Cor- yeah. So, um, it is what it is, uh, you know, and then, you know, at least, uh, you know, Carino's like, Oh, Seltzer, I, you know, I like you, at least you speak English and then Carine, or Seltzer kind of retorted back. Not very smoothly, but he's like, what do you have against against our, you know, foreign language speakers, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, at least you speak English. I'm like Nigel McGinnis, but, um, and of course, Carino, David Lethal's mom, blah, blah, blah. Back to the match, Will. Um, you look at Jimmy Jacobs, and I've seen this all the goddamn time, and he just looks like a skinny little runt, you know, cross-dressing, goth guy, whatever.
2: Um, yeah, but he, he carries a spike in his pocket.
0: He does carry, which you know, very rarely um, hurts. Well, it hurts whoever's getting this bike, but the guy has an immense ring IQ, and he's very good at what he does. Um, it was very, very prevalent in this match. Obviously, Jay Lethal is top tier, I and mean, he's got a, he's got a title shot. Uh, no matter what you think about him, will, but uh, you know, um, yeah. In the end, though, basically Jimmy Jacob goes to that hurt Koran off top rope, but uh, Jay Lethal just holds on the rope. Like, why wouldn't you? And then Jimmy Jake takes kind of a nasty fall, but he gets back up and then he battles with uh, Lethal. But Lethal gets off the rope, hits a DVD, and then uh, nails hail for the king, king for the win. Uh, I know it's kind of a brief synopsis, but do you have any comments on the match there, Will? No. Um, that was basically the, the gist of it. It was, it was kind of tough. A lot of action, uh, sort of a little exhausted by the time we get to the main event here. Um yeah, so Jay Lethal gets the win, but then uh, in comes Rhino. Uh, but Caprice Coleman comes in for the save. You know, kind of getting back at Rhino for, for spearing his partner earlier. Um, I don't know why I didn't try to take revenge when it actually happened, but that's not, not here or there. Um, And uh, Caprice getting the best of Rhino until he hits the ropes and Carino trips him. And then once again, another goddamn spear. Holy shit, Rhino. Um, uh, I know the gore is obviously his move, but holy shit. Um, but yeah, and then uh they, you know, they beat up Caprice and then Jimmy Jacobs grabs Jay Lethal's leg. Uh, Rhino's getting ready for the gore, but Steve comes out and talks everyone back. Even offering his hand to Jay Lethal. And then they go off he's, there. He's a
2: changed man.
0: Um yeah, I uh, what's what's your thoughts on this whole situation, Will? Your bias towards Jay Lethal aside,
2: oh, huge bias against Jay Lethal. But um, no, I mean, I think it's very interesting that right we're we're not quite getting this from Steen everywhere, but in, like his last couple interactions with Jay Lethal, it's been kind of like this, right? Like Lethal says, "You have to have a match in the thing. and Steen says, "Yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. And now he's like, you'd think you'd want to beat down, right? Because you're gonna, this is going to be your opponent. And you're the heel faction. Wouldn't you beat down your adversary to soften him up
1: yeah.
2: leading up to the title the match? But it's, no. So, I mean, let's – we're going to see if what, uh, what comes of this because, I mean, spoiler alert, we, we know who beats Steen. Yeah, we do, and when, and and when, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's a big shift in character for Kevin Owens or Steen, rather. My bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'll like it if there's a decent payoff. Like if we don't really get a good payoff for it when they actually have the match, I'm no, I'm not gonna look back on this as fondly. It's gonna be like this is really odd. Why do they do this?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of hoping. I mean, there's a couple different directions they can go with this. You know, I I do kind of think something different. You know, obviously you're playing into it. I just like on TV. Well, I suppose this is taped before, but I mean, obviously on TV, you know, Steam's been acting weird, but he was back to normal on those two, you know, house shows, Dearborn and Milwaukee. Um, But then again, listen, this was taped a month before, so maybe I should just let it go. yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it, you know? So, I mean, yeah, it's tough because, so yeah, unfortunately we are rather familiar with the next couple of months of what's going to go on, but uh, we're just going to sit back and enjoy. So, yeah. Other than that, Will, any, uh, any thoughts? Well, basically like we always ask, um, if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, Will, how enthralled would you be to check it out again?
2: This was a great. I thought this was a really good episode. I think we got a, a good mix of happenings. You know, we got a little little sports, entertainmenty stuff with the parking lot brawl. Yeah, but you know, they padded out because we got we got what four matches this week.
0: Yeah, technically, yeah.
2: Which is a lot. That's a lot. Just squeeze into an hour. Yeah.
0: And we got to see, you know, the, the godfather of New Hampshire wrestling, um, Brian Fury in on TV. So I did not know where I was not aware of his his greatness in your area, so that's awesome. Uh my only gripe really in this whole episode was just a lot of scum saying the same fucking thing like four different times.
2: Well, part of that is they run the, the same ad all the time, right? So it's like yeah. they run it two or three times in the episode. you get him actually in the ring and they're cutting something similar? It's like I got it. Like
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, you're, you're scum, they're, yeah, it's good versus evil, blah, 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 so,
1: yeah, but yeah, all in all, yeah, I mean,
0: I really enjoyed yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, probably would be intrigued to see, you know, who's going to be facing Adam Cole, and who's an angry Adam Cole person that I, you know, I didn't know before, so. Baby. Adam Cole, baby, but, um, well, will it's getting a little late. Um, but this was great. We had a lot of different sidebars and everything. Uh, but before we pull this train of station, do you have anything else you want to um, share with the high fibers or anything?
2: March. Ring of Honor TV starts up again.
0: Yeah, and the fact that Will is bringing this up, folks, is kind of a shock to me.
2: I read the headline, and I felt optimistic, and I couldn't tell you why. But, again, I'm also – very open about the fact that I have not been happy with what's been done with Ring of Honor since the purchase. A lot of people have really liked it. A lot of people like Death Before Dishonor. I didn't.
1: Yeah.
2: I appear to be in the minority, right? So it's like it was. Maybe I just need to watch it like on TV. Maybe if I was to watch a replay, right? Maybe I'd, I'd watch it back and be like, you know what, this was good. But I, mean, I went in, I, I just didn't love a lot of the outcomes. I didn't really love any of the outcomes. I mean, if we're being totally honest, other than the main event, which was the the Briscoe's FTR 2.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean.
2: I, I just thought, I can't, I keep forgetting, Serena Deep. Like, I thought, you know, nothing against Mercedes Martinez, but like that crowd in-house was a Serena Deeb crowd. So I'm like, I'm slinking down in my chair. I'm like, Gresham lost. Gresham didn't have like any entrance and he lost in like 20 minutes. Then the righteous lost. And then like these, it's like, and then I'm like, oh, they're going to put the belt on Garcia. This is going to be great. And then Garcia lost. And it's like, what are they doing?
0: (laughs) Now, obviously, Jonathan Gresham is probably one of your all-time favorite wrestlers of all time. If that had gone over better, um, like his presentation was better, the match was better, do you think that would have changed your view of the pay-per-view at all? That was happened pretty early, and I'm sure it probably you right off the that, bat. Was the
2: that was the first match, so it did not set me up well for the rest of it. But like I said, it was just... I go back to it is that all the baby faces won, right? No, no heels went over at this show. I mean, Gresham, I guess, was the heel because they were trying to like do this weird thing where like he was a heel all of a sudden and he's like turning on like Lee Moriarty and he's with he's with fucking out the old the old prick. What was his name? Uh, um, Tully. Yeah. He was with Tully, and it's like, why? Like, why are we getting this? Why can't he be the Jonathan Gresham that carried Ring of Honor through the pandemic?
1: Yeah. And it's,
2: you know, and to not, obviously, you know, there, it's like they say there's three sides, right? There's one side, there's the, the other side, and there's what actually happened.
1: Yeah.
2: I would like to, I would like to think that it's not as bad as what Gresham made it out to be like, right? But, you know, it's, if he's so hands-on, maybe he's not easy to reach. But at the same time, you also hear about how you only get over in AEW and whatever if you have ideas and you have thoughts on your character. Gresham had thoughts on his character, obviously. Gresham had, like, Gresham's character was what really carried the majority of storylines through Pandemic Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea of the foundation and the execution of the foundation was amazing. It's what mm-hmm. ring of honor needed because it, it did the new Japan thing, right? It, it made it faction warfare. You had the foundation, you had the righteous, you had the kingdom, you had like, it was all teams and groups and they were all like the intermingling and the interfighting. And it's like, cool. But that's like, how, does that not translate to AEW? Because you'd think a gimmick like Jonathan Gresham's foundation character
1: Taylor
2: would May. have been a would have been a slam dunk for the AEW crowd. Because they know he's a great wrestler.
1: Yeah.
2: It doesn't matter that he's only 5'4. I mean, the dude is stacked. And he's so good in the ring. And I don't even hate overall the match between him and Claudio wasn't bad per se. I think it could have been longer.
0: Yeah,
2: for sure. You know, they definitely could have done more. Like I said, they could have put more in instead of just having him lose to a power bomb. Like, it just felt... It felt like a very weak ending to an otherwise exceptional story of him building up to being the world champion and then him defending the championship when there was no Ring of Honor. And, yeah. like, he would... Literally, I just. I mean- and then you know it's like i didn't love i didn't love the righteous beating shane taylor promotions for the six man but it's like i still like the righteous i just like shane taylor promotions more
1: yeah
2: and then we get there it's like all right the righteous against don castle and the boys like it's got to be the righteous right it's like that's a tv ready stable and it's very different from what else it's like nope don castle and the boys love Dalton Castle and the boys but it's like all right so this is two matches in a row I'm not happy with the outcome and I don't know where they're going like I said it made all the sense in the world for Garcia to win that pure title in that match but they didn't use any of the rope breaks and you came out clean yeah so it's like the, the whole night was just like In the time it wasn't for me. Like I said, maybe I could watch a replay and I might feel differently, but like it's it just wasn't for me. That show was not for me.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where they go going forward. And listen, yeah, just well, I mean, obviously, when you've got Caprice and uh you know riccaboni on there, yes, I said Riccaboni on there on purpose.
2: That uh it does that that would make thing. a huge difference too.
0: But yeah, it was just it was just weird booking. It was like you claim you're something different, but you're booking not different, but you know, we'll harp on that any longer. We'll see what happens to TV. Hopefully it pans out for us. Will we
2: will see? Know. I mean, dynamite tonight. I mean, we had Mark Briscoe Versus against Josh, Josh Woods. Woods
1: tonight. Yeah.
2: Which again, as another guy who was getting a lot of traction in ring of honor, he was part of the foundation. Pure champion. He was the pure champion. He lost to Wheeler Utah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I love Wheeler Yuta in the ring, but just lately, just his lack of personality is starting to show and hinder. So we'll see what happens. So um all right, Will. Well, it's getting late. Um we got another recording tomorrow. Break down the fourth wall and everything. But uh Will, I appreciate you. Um another great episode. Great TV, and uh, next week High Fivers will be doing TV, and you get some bonus coverage because we got a we got our house show emanating from Cincinnati. So, Uh, but will my friend,
1: uh, make sure you send me those links. But uh, we'll talk to all the High Fivers next week.